This is Web Suasion Conversation, Episode 17. Welcome to the show. I'm Ryan Williams, president of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Ben R. Loggins from Loggins, Kern, and McCombs, a CPA firm in Jonesboro, Georgia. Ben worked for the Internal Revenue Service as an agent and instructor at the beginning of his career, but in 1980 started his own accounting firm in Jonesboro, Georgia, which has grown to 15 employees. He served as a member of the Governing Council and Finance Committee of the United States Figure Skating Association, as well as treasurer for the Clayton County Olympic Committee. Today, he's going to talk to us about networking, QuickBooks, new tax law changes, IRS data mining, and the best practices for business with regard to accounting and taxes. Now, here at the Web Suasion Group, we love working with CPAs. They're great referral partners for us because they are often the ones to identify problems in their clients' businesses. They see the books, they see how the money flows, how much money is going out to staffing, administration costs, computer systems, and they see when revenue is not as good as it could be for the business. And if they've developed a relationship with us at WebSuasion, they know that I can come in, sit down with their clients, and evaluate exactly where we can make improvements to their systems, save some money, and even open up new revenue streams. The way we start that process is I go in and sit down with the business owner, and we talk about their pain points, talk about how they're spending their time, how their staff is spending their time, and what are the most frustrating aspects of their day-to-day. A lot of times that's disconnected systems where they're having to do data entry multiple times, or as the executive, they're just not able to get to the data that they want in the way that they need to be able to make decisions. So a lot of times they'll have staff pulling information from multiple systems, hand entering it into spreadsheets, pulling formulas that you don't even know if they're exactly right, putting them into charts, and the CEO or business owner is making decisions based on this information. And it probably took several days to get all that information collated into a spreadsheet in the first place. Well, we can do that as an automated system. We can go in and connect all of your third-party systems where you're entering information, be that Salesforce, QuickBooks, customer service modules, customer relationship modules, whatever they might be. If they have an open API, which is just a way for us to connect to the data, then we can connect those systems together and build you customized middleware. Think of it like this. You come in, you're the executive, you log into your system every morning, and you see a customized report of what is actually happening in your business right now. Before we write a line of code, we are actually developing blueprints just like you would for a house. We develop blueprints of that system, everything it needs to do, how it connects to all the other systems, and we make it happen. So if you're a business owner and you know you've got some pain points that you could better automate, or you're a CPA and you have some clients that can benefit from this, give me a call. 404-418-8909, extension 10. That's Ryan Williams, 404-418-8909, extension 10 at the Web Suasion Group. And you can find us online at websuasion.com, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N dot C-O-M. Now let's talk to Ben Loggins.
Well, Ben, thank you for being on the show. Sure, it's exciting. Well, tell me a bit about your background. I see you went to Georgia State University, which is my alma mater as well. Well, I went to Georgia State, and uh, after I graduated there, I got a job in the Internal Revenue Service as an agent and later became a, a classroom instructor and an on-the-job instructor with them. And while I was going to the IRS, I uh, got my MBA at night going to that, and then I left the um, IRS in end of 77 and joined a firm that's now Deloitte. It was uh-huh. uh, Tush Ross in, and now it's Deloitte Tush. And I was there for three years and, and saw uh, I didn't get as much uh, enjoyment dealing with the monster clients that they had as right. I would with the right. individual clients. So I left there and went out to Jonesboro and with a friend of mine. We formed a firm and have now grown to where I have 20 employees and do real well out in, in the Jonesboro. But I like dealing with the business owners and the businesses rather than dealing with the big public companies and things like that. And you guys started with that firm in what, 1980? 1980. Mm-hmm. So in that time, you've seen a lot probably change as far as business development goes. What it, what have you found over the years that's been like your key to success? And well, you got to remember 1980, and that's before your time probably. But the no, uh, not, not before my time, but when I was well, young. You weren't, you weren't paying taxes then. <laughs> no, and, I wasn't paying taxes. Until Reagan put in the 1981 Tax Act, the ta- maximum tax rate was 70%. Wow. So it's a little bit different than even today's economy when they yeah, talk about yeah. the rates being as high as they are. So it was uh, uh, put in that, and naturally that motivated the economy dramatically in the uh, early 80s, 82, 83, when that began to fully factor in. Uh-huh. I remember in 76, they passed one called the Tax Simplification Act. They always love these names, and they never simplify anything. It, <laughs> always, it always gets more complicated, yeah. but it uh, uh, never gets simpler. In that time, though, what did you find as far as building your business? What, what was the most uh, effective technique in the early days, and what have you, like, as far as getting new clients? Well, generally, um, I like to public speak, and uh, you know, I was trained by the IRS as a classroom instructor, so they taught me how to public speak, and I did a lot of public speaking, and ended up uh, in the mid-80s, I probably had uh, maybe 50 or 100 real estate agent clients. Mm-hmm. Then they faded away in the early 90s when the first uh, crunch occurred in there, and I lost uh, the people. They found something else to do because right. it wasn't as uh, good as they thought it was going to be. So, But uh, just doing public speaking and uh, joining groups and um, – Referrals. It's all basically referrals to other people is where the, the bulk of our growing do. Although really? we do, we have a social media presence and a nice website, and we have all those things that you need to have to be a legitimate business. But at the same time, it's uh, really networking referrals. Probably eight percent of our clients come from uh, referrals. Is what they come from. Are they coming from referrals from your existing clients? Usually Correct. Too? Yeah. Main, mainly re- existing clients. There's some that that come from other people, not existing clients. But generally, I mean, I've had cases referred to me from other CPAs who because of my IRS experience that was above their head and they'd refer me clients and I would handle clients for them. I've done you know, a good bit of that over the years, not as much now. IRS has cut back on their personnel through the uh, shortages over the years so they don't see as many audits as they used to see back in the day yeah. nowadays. So it's not as much IRS activity going on as there used to be. Right. So you've, you've grown to be a pretty large firm. You've got 11 pair of pros, three CPAs, yeah. three partners. Well, it's like, uh, six CPAs. Six and, CPAs now. Yeah, okay. well, the partners are CPAs. So yeah, the, yeah, the, okay. The, so. the other three plus the partners. And, uh, and then the 11 paras and several clerical staff and some other and a couple of interns in there and stuff we're working with. So What drove you to grow to that scale? I mean, it's not something you see commonly with uh, most CPAs or, you know, just like one person well, with I, a few I staff. Well, I tell people all the time, you've got to determine whether you have a job or a business. Right. And if it's just you working by yourself, it's not a business. It's a job. Uh-huh. Because uh, somebody said, well, what can I sell my business for? And I'll say, well, how much are you making? That's how I'm making 50 or 60 a year, and it's just me. And then you can't sell it for anything. It's just a job. Right. 
You can give it to somebody, and they might do it. But in order for it to be a business, you've got to be able to sell it to somebody and have an owner own it and make profit out of it after he pays all the salaries. So your goal moving forward is to have other people do the work and leverage off other people is really where you make your main money is leveraging off the employees and, and training them and getting them to do what you need to do, supervising them and, uh, and making money off the work of others. I mean, that's how all big companies work. How quickly did you get into that mindset after 1980 starting the uh, business? Pretty quickly. Uh, by 82, we had two employees and then we grew. And in 88, I uh, had a falling out with my ex-partner and he and I separated. So each had about 10 employees then and I've grown from that 10 that I had in 1988 to about 20 today so it's been a long slow growth that's 30 years ago so uh, uh, it's been a long slow growth but uh, pick up an employer you know every year and then yeah uh, it's, it's, it's worked out, you know, great for me. You mentioned your earlier partner and now you've got three other partners. What do you find the benefits of partnership is? Well, the reason for the, the current partnership is, is part of my exit plan. I mean, I'm not getting too younger. You're still young. You've got lots of life in you. <laughs> oh, feel but like it. But. As you, as you get older, you say, well, gee, what, what kind of exit plan do I want to have? Do I want to sell my firm to someone else? Do I want to merge? Yeah. Do I want to be partners and have them, um, continue the firm and and um, I think the most logical thing to do in my case anyway is to keep the firm together make sure the employees kept good jobs and have bring I brought two partners in and there's three of us all together and, and let them continue the firm gotcha. uh, as I begin to fade out a little bit I see you had some interactions with figure skating what can you tell me well about that? Like, uh, my daughter was competitive figure skating uh, starting when she was nine or ten it's kind of Odd, because you say, well, gee, you start at nine. No, in order to be a great skater, you got to start at six or seven. Right. <laughs> so you started too late at nine. She's already over the hill. It's kind of funny. But, you know, I wasn't going to sit and watch her skate, so I took lessons, too. And then uh, I nice. got in the management, and I was on the governing council of the United States Figure Skating Association for six years. And I was on the executive uh, finance committee for another three or four years. So just as a result of her skating and me wanting to help out and bring what skills I have to the organization and uh yeah it was a lot of fun and you you've got uh, what you're also clayton county board chairman or were it, are you still doing that for the community foundation of greater atlanta community or? foundation uh our clayton county fund we had um i was the chairman of that for six or seven years and still involved in that we've kind of disbanded our clayton county funding up itself and so we deal with the community foundation of greater atlanta's who we're kind of a a child of uh-huh. so we help them and i tell people for charities especially you know the community foundation of greater atlanta has about a billion dollars under management they give away about 100 million a year and so certainly if you qualify for the grants qualify for things there and you've got a legitimate charity you can quite commonly find funding right, uh, right. through them or through other uh, charities out there uh, other foundations and so i've dealt with a lot of that kind of area because uh certainly the only reason we're on earth is we want to leave the earth a better place than when we came and right. certainly helping the charities helping the disadvantage is something i try to do and then uh, you also were teaching at clayton state university for what a quick, are you, quick uh, books I, I taught uh clayton state from uh 78 through 83 and and my wife told me you know you've got a child now it's time to focus on this and i agreed with her and i stopped teaching in 83 but i love to teach and so i was there five years on and off in 1984, I sat down with Miss Spivey and, and uh, Harry Downs, the president of the college, and helped um, begin the foundation to Spivey Hall. Oh, really? Which okay. is a phenomenal facility. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and so I was involved in that. But that was a long time ago. And then I was the cheer, uh, treasurer of the Olympic Committee for Clayton County. We had our one venue of beach volleyball in the county, which I, I worked there most every day of the Olympics. And that, uh-huh. was, uh, that was a lot of fun. But do you find with your role in the company currently, are you acting as a teacher a lot of times for the staff that comes in, like a new tax law is coming in? And well, not, yeah, I, I, I try to 
mentor the, especially the new staff. My two yeah. partners have been with me 30 years, and they're, they're okay. great people. So it's Loggins, Kern, and McComb, great partners for me. And uh, trying to mentor and teach and get them to understand the, the law and stuff, rather than telling them what to do, I try to get them to understand why they're doing it a certain way and do uh-huh. it. We do have a couple of QuickBooks Pro Advisors on staff, uh, and they are great with helping people get their QuickBooks up and going and right. training people on QuickBooks. One of the other... Uh, uh, staff accountant, soon to be partner is Kim Foreman, who is a was a high school math teacher, and she's great at uh, teaching and runs QuickBooks training courses, even for non clients. So we we do a lot of QuickBooks training uh-huh. in that area. Is pretty much all your clients using QuickBooks these days? Pretty much. Uh, we have a couple of huge clients that use industry specific right, uh, right. software, but probably ninety five percent of the clients use QuickBooks. And uh, QuickBooks, it's funny if you look at the QuickBooks box, it'll say any idiot can do this, and yet any idiot can mess it up. Yeah, it's, and it's still you got to understand what the outcome is going to be and how to put it together. And we try to mentor our clients to empower them to understand the financial statements so they can utilize them as management tools for their business, not just do a tax return from numbers. Yeah. You want to be able to utilize the numbers uh, right. as a management tool. Make decisions, yeah. Right, that's what we try to do. What are your feelings on QuickBooks Cloud at this point? The QuickBooks Online, mm-hmm. we're not real thrilled with it. QuickBooks is applying a good bit of their efforts into getting their, their online version better. Right. Uh, we're have, trying to push everybody into it for a while. Trying to push everybody yeah. in. Well, they're still trying to do that, although the desktop is much more flexible right. and stuff. So we actually have our own cloud in which we'll host clients' QuickBooks desktop. Oh, okay. So if you wanted to say, look, I, I want to use desktop, but I want to be on the cloud, then you'd, you'd be on our cloud. Oh, okay. I, didn't, it I work, haven't heard that. It works real, real well because then you still have all the flexibility of the QuickBooks desktop right. without the restrictions of the cloud. Right, because you have, what, more inventory control? Well, and more control, and there's just more flexibility. The cloud is, uh, they don't seem to be able to get the cloud to be as friendly as the um, online, I mean, as the right. desktop version. Uh, there's been a lot of new tax laws. I don't know how deep you want to get into that. Well, I mean, the, the, the new law changed first of 18 mm-hmm. uh, when Trump... Uh, pushed through and got it passed his new tax law. And there's a lot of benefits in there, a lot of gotchas too. Yeah. Uh, so it's a matter of making sure that people understand how to structure their business so that they're maximizing the benefit they can get or minimizing the amount of taxes. For instance, in the case of employees, the employees used to be able to deduct employee business expenses. Right. So if, if, if you had an employee here and he's driving his car, he'd be able to deduct that on his personal. Took all that away. All right. that's gone. So now it's got to be reimbursed by your employer. So we may tell them, look, go to your employer and say, look, cut my pay by a thousand bucks a year and give me expense allowance of a thousand bucks a year uh-huh. and let me turn in my expenses and get reimbursed for that. Then it's deductible to everybody as compared to if he paid them out of his own pockets, it'd be non-deductible. Right. Things like that. A lot of things in the new law that are available. You just got to look at, you know, how do I get in? Do I, do I try to come in through a back door as compared to the front door before? Uh-huh. And instead of trying to tell clients, no, they can't do something. I try to tell clients, look, you can't do it that way, but here's how you can accomplish a similar goal. Right. And so here's what you need to do. What are some of the benefits that you're seeing from the new law? Well, the new law, the, the major benefit for small business is the 20% deduction in which you get a 20% of net income as an additional deduction. Yeah. Uh, and it's a matter of structuring it so the salaries blend in with the net income and how do you make that work. And But still, that's part of the major benefit to small in, employers or small businesses is mm-hmm. the new 20% QBI de- deduction. And that's for S-Corp and LLC? A- S-Corp, LLC, uh, yes, for both of them. Mm-hmm. Are there any other things about the tax law, that, uh, like the mistakes people are making currently right now as far as the changes that they're not aware of? I just see lots of stuff. You know, IRS has gotten more and more computer. Back when I, even when I was with the IRS 40 years ago, they wanted to get rid of all cash. 
And, yeah. and they're continuing today to push and move down this road slowly. So 20 years from now, we may end up having zero cash. It'll so they, all be so debit cards They can track it. <laughs> what their goal is to ultimately be able to know everything about you, just send you a bill at the end of the year, but right. you don't have to file anything. I mean, right. that, that's their ultimate goal. And that's kind of scary, but yeah. still at the same time, it's kind of the way we're, we're slowly moving right. where we uh, get to the point where we uh, the government knows everything about us. And you look at the data mining now, uh, you even look at the currently where, um, you know, Trump tried to get onto the census, the question of, are you a citizen? Right. And uh, the uh, Supreme Court ruled he couldn't do that or some court ruled. Anyway, mm-hmm. he said, I'll just data mine all the other files I have here and accomplish the same thing. Right. So data mining is certainly becoming a bigger and bigger thing. And as it becomes so, then the IRS is going to be able to find more and more people making mistakes on the returns and, right. and catching them and sending them new bills. Yes. So for, for a new business, someone starting a new business, um, what kind of uh, tips would you have for them as far as like what they need to do to establish from the get-go a proper accounting system, well, the proper approach? Biggest, biggest thing with the new business is most businesses fail within, I don't know, 24 months or something like that after yeah. starting. And the reason for a good bit of it is undercapitalization. Okay. They have no reserves. Uh-huh. So um, even you in a business like this, you go along and the customer doesn't is slow paying you. Then you end up with uh, uh, you can't make payroll because you right. don't have any money, and you either got to have a line of credit or you got to have capital to do it, yeah. and or else you go under. Yeah, and you see that quite often where either the the new business owner oh, you make a lot of money this money, so what is new? Go buy a fancy new car next month. He has right. no money for payroll. Right. So it's a matter of being properly capitalized and making sure you. You know, you do that and having a proper line of credit to cover the slow time so that you're, you don't fall off the cliff when you end up with slow time. Is there a certain ratio that you ask, like, look for people to maintain? or Not really. You, you want to keep, uh, uh, like Dave Ramsey says, six months of uh, overhead uh, in reserve, and that's, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, it is. You go six months without revenue and think you could pay all your expenses is a lot. So, you know, certainly um, – I try to go uh, probably two months okay. or something like that, not six months, but have two months in reserve, either in cash in, in bank or a line of credit right. to cover that any slow slow time in there. And I imagine that depends on your, who your typical clients are, too. Right. If it's Coca-Cola and they pay 90 days. Right. Then or, or the government. Know, or government, yeah, it exactly. It pays uh, 90 days or, or more. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, um, it's a slow. We had a fight with the state of Georgia not long ago, and uh, – uh, on refund, we said we have a refund. The state says, well, it says 90 days. We've got to send it to you within 90 days. And those are 90 business days. Ouch. And that's not what the thing says, but that's the way they interpret Interpreted it. So it, now, yeah. instead of being 90 days, it's almost 110 or 20 wow. days or something. A big difference. So, uh, yeah. and, the, and the government don't care. You can't really sue them or make them do something. They're, yeah. uh, you know, they're the gorilla in the room, and there's not much you can do with them. Gotcha. So, again, it's important that you make sure you understand who your clients are, Either uh, it, now for, for larger clients, if you were to come in with a project and would say, "Look, we need this is going to take us five thousand dollars to get you up to the situation," mm-hmm. then we need a twenty-five hundred dollar retainer or something like that. So we need money up front. Right. Otherwise, we get deep into the project and yep. haven't been paid, and it causes us us problems. But recently, I had a client come in and they hadn't filed in fifteen years, and wow. I, I asked him, you know, uh, how do you sleep at night? She says, I "Hadn't slept in fifteen years." So. <laughs> <laughs> but we went through, did what we had to do, and got them all filed and got them on a payment plan with the government. The, uh, the government doesn't want to ruin people. The government just wants your money. Right. And so as long as you can show them that you're trying your best and you're not living yeah. high on the hog, if you're going to Vegas every weekend rather than paying the government, then they're going to be pretty upset about it. Right. Whereas if you're living a mild life and paying them all the money you can pay them, then they'll work with you. 
Is there anything that you would have gone back and done differently from the time you started your firm? Is there any mistakes that you felt you made early on? Mistakes I, mean, I, I may have made is uh, uh, keeping certain employees longer than I should have when, right. I, when I could see they weren't doing what Keep I needed them, them to do. And yeah. uh, it's a disadvantage to them and, and me both if they stay on and I'm going to have to let them go sooner or later. And another mistake I see a lot of businesses make is uh, now this didn't happen to me luckily, but they'll they'll worry that business is down. Instead of firing, you know, uh, Tommy, you think, well, Tommy's got a family. I got to keep paying Tommy. Next thing you know, you're bankrupt, and Tommy go gets another job, and he's right. doing just fine, and you're bankrupt. So yep, you're the last to get paid. Yep. You're right. So you've got to make those hard changes from time to time, and you know, get rid of Tommy if you don't have something for him to do. You know, and. Uh-huh. And let him go get another job, whereas you stay afloat as compared to, you know, sucking you right down the road. I've seen that happen a lot of times. So what are you looking for moving forward? I mean, I know you're kind of getting to the point where you're... Well, I'm not ready to hang it up. I'm going to yeah. continue working for a number of years, just just back off a little bit. And yeah. at the same time, uh, uh, try to... Um, I tell people, you know, as long as I bring value to the company and value the business, I want to be there because I yeah. enjoy doing it. I enjoy working with customers. I enjoy helping people uh, with you know, problems they have with the IRS or with whoever, you know, certainly I, I know how the IRS thinks. I know how they act. Uh, that doesn't mean I can solve every problem, but at right. least, you know, if you want to work and solve a problem with the IRS, it can be handled, but you've got to want to do it. Yeah. And then I can lead you down the road to get it done if that's the case. And you guys are doing uh, corporate taxes as well as individual taxes. Oh, yeah, we do. Um, most of what we have, most CPAs will work more from a business standpoint. Now, we do a lot of individual taxes, but that's not our bread and butter. That's more like an H&R Block kind of business, yeah. which is just does the individual taxes. Yeah. And so we're much more in doing the technical individual taxes that have you know issues or small businesses or rental property yeah. or something like that. Then we're certainly there to help them because there's lots of little gotchas in those laws and we can help them you know work through those yeah um so, or the executives i imagine right. from it, the companies the, both that, the individuals we do are are the executives for the companies that we right. um, that we do their books for and stuff well ben thank you so much for being on the show no problem ryan i enjoyed it and um hope things go good for you here oh thank you beautiful place you've got here at pinewood thank you so much thank you Thanks for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite network, be that Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We're on all of them. And please also check out our YouTube channel. If you go to our website, websuasion.com, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com, at the very top, you'll see some links to our social media accounts. One of those is our YouTube channel. Definitely click on the subscribe and the bell icon on the YouTube channel so that you can be informed when we post videos of these interviews. We post about 10 to 12 a week usually really informative little snippets if you don't have time to listen to the entire episode or if you just want to share that with your friends over social media that would be great as well next week on the show we have christina rudes who's a licensed property and casualty insurance agent running the fitzpatrick agency with her husband gary she is involved in the local community serving the marietta police athletic league shamrock shuffle where she is committee chair we look forward to that conversation and hope you'll join us Until then, have a productive work week.